0: About 350 years ago, a shipload of travelers landed on the northeast coast of America, and uh, they were glad to be here. In the first year together, they established a town, a community. Uh, The second year together, they established local government. They thought that was a necessary step. The third year together, the local government made a decision that a road should be built extending five miles westward into the wilderness. The fourth year in America... Uh, They impeached their local government for what they thought was a frivolous waste of taxpayers' money. Imagine they had enough vision to cross an ocean and not enough vision in the new world to see even five miles beyond where they were. I want you to know today that when we cease to have a vision for our lives, we stop moving forward. We'll continue to exist, but we stop progressing in life, it's imperative if we're to move forward as individuals, as families, as a church family, that we have a vision. Now it's important that I define vision for you. I'm, I'm not speaking of some mystical thing. By, by vision, I'm simply referring to a view of the future as seen through the prism of faith. I'm talking about looking down the road in life and seeing God's will before you and understanding that God's enablement will accompany uh, you along that path as you're following His will. I'm, I'm talking about a heart that has a faith in God. A godly vision is our surrendering to God's will and using the influence of our lives to accomplish His will in our world. Again, today is Vision Sunday. We've talked a little about some of that which we're going to be doing as a church family. I'll develop that more. But in, in a sense all of us here today uh, will need to have a vision for 2013 that's unique to us. Uh, God is using all of us in different ways, and so there's a sense in which each of us today will need to have a vision for our lives that is unique to us. But I want you to know there is another sense where all of us today need to share the same vision. So we think of our theme of together with God and understanding that we really do get more done working together together I think people of faith have to come to the place as a church family where we'll say, you know something, it would be helpful, it would be good, it would be beneficial for us to get on the same page, to understand we're heading the same direction. We're not going to agree on all the subtleties and nuances of this or that. I understand that. We're, we're different people. But in general, it's, it's great when a church family can come to the place where we have an understanding this is the direction we're going and, and we can share a vision. It's good for a church family to get together in that sense. I like the story of uh, the Peanuts cartoon I've shared with you. Lucy walks in, Linus is watching TV, and uh, Lucy tells Linus to change the channel. And he says, what makes you think you could come in here and just tell me to change the channel? And Lucy said, these five fingers. She said, individually they're nothing, but when they come together like this, they're a weapon mighty to behold, okay? Of course, Linus, you know, the next frame is, what channel do you want to watch? He decided he agreed with her. But the last frame of that cartoon is Linus looking at his hand and saying, why can't you guys get together like that? And there comes a time in the life of a, of a family, and specifically a church family today, where we need to understand the great value in, in our progress is when we come together like that. We we share a vision, and so today's thought will be able to be applied to an individual life, a, a family, and, and and to a church family. And uh, I think it's important for us to have a plan tied to a vision. If you're able today, I'd like to invite you to join me in standing. We're going to look to Proverbs chapter twenty nine and verse eighteen. Proverbs twenty nine and verse eighteen, the Bible says this. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. The Bible gives a contrast here of those that have no vision. And their lives perish. Conversely, but the Bible says, in other words, those that do have vision, they keep the law. This is a godly vision. Uh, Happy is he. If you're in the custom of underlining words or verses in your Bible, uh, you might want to just put a line or a mark under that word vision. Vision. Because without vision, we perish. It's a very important word. And I believe it is the key to whether this upcoming year will be a great success or just another year. Our Father, thank you for the time we've had together already today. Bless this study. Help us, we ask, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. As Solomon penned the words that would come together to make up the book we call the book of Proverbs, he was intending, as a father who happened to be a king, to write truths, proverbial sayings, maxims that his children could read and learn how not just to do life, but how to do it well. He wanted them to understand that if they had a vision, their lives would go somewhere and do some great things. They could have a great life. But he also wanted them to understand that if they went through life as a ship without a rudder, without direction, without that true north, so to speak, that they could squander their lives and essentially perish along the way. He wanted them to know that their future could be great or that it could be greatly limited depending on how they handled vision from God, And so he said this, where there's no vision, the people perish. That was true for Solomon. That was true when he said it to his children. And it's true when we read those words in God's word today. Where there's no vision, the people perish. One time early in the life of the prophet Samuel, the Bible records an occasion. And in First Samuel 3 and verse 1, the Bible says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord, listen to the phrase here. The word of the Lord was precious in those days, and there was no open vision. When the Bible tells us that the word of the Lord was precious, it means it was valuable, yes, but the inference there is really that it was in scarce supply. It wasn't plenteous in this day like perhaps it is in our day. And when God's word is scarce, we'll find that there will be no open vision. A vision comes from the words of God, and and they had a shortage of God's Word. When we neglect God's Word in our lives, we live lives that, that perish. We'll inevitably live for the wrong things. I think most of us today have a desire to live for something that's bigger than we are. To be a part of something that's more significant than we are as an individual. In fact, I believe most of us today, when we take our mortality into mind, we'd like to live for something that we think would be around when we're gone. And when we have a vision from God, we find that. And I really believe when we come together into this place, we call it our church in an appropriately uh, uh, possessive sense. But we all know this is God's church. And I think there's something about people of faith that when we're walking with God, we like the thought of being a part of an institution that was started by Jesus Christ and commissioned with the purpose of taking the gospel message out to everybody in the world. It's a great privilege to be a part of, of the church church. We want to live for something great. None of us want to live for that which will perish, that which will be gone tomorrow. And So we need to take some time to understand what a vision is, is all about. If you want to take your outline there pre- prepared and, and in your bulletins, you may. If you need a pen, you got a real nice one, a new one in your, in your blue bag today, okay? You can use that one if you'd like. Some thoughts today about vision that I believe can be helpful to us. First of all, we need to take note that vision speaks of perception. What is vision? Well, really the word implies the ability to look down the road and perceive what we see. Webster defines the word vision this way. It's a great definition. He says, vision is the faculty of sight, unusual foresight, a mental image produced by the imagination, the experience of the supernatural as if with the eyes. I love it. Let me ask you one of those questions you don't answer out loud, you just think about What do you see when you look into 2013? What is it that that you see when you look down the road of your life? You see, God's will for us is that we would progress, that we would move ahead. And the Bible gives us the capacity to perceive not only where we need to go, but where we are, which is so important. Many people have occasions in their life where they'll see real relational difficulty or economic collapse. And many times the statement in the wake of that type of trauma is this, I had no idea our marriage was in such bad shape. I had no idea our finances personally were so fragile. In other words, what they're saying is this, I had no idea where I was. I didn't know. And friends, we can't go to where it is we need to be until we understand where we are. Vision, in addition, is sharing with you where it is you need to go down the road. It will give you a pretty good bearing of where you are. It will give you the tools you need to assess what's happening in your life so you'll know what it is that needs to be worked on. Vision speaks of perception. In fact, the Bible in Psalm 119, 105 says this, Thy word's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word shows us where it is we need to go, provides for us along the way. When dealing with this matter of vision, people often think, oh, well, that means just being really optimistic. That's a visionary, someone who's always upbeat, someone who looks down the road and always loves everything they see. And, and no, vision's not necessarily just being an optimist, although I'm not opposed to being optimistic. I heard a story recently of a schoolboy who brought his report card home to his dad, and boy, it just seemed every grade was bad, and he was watching his dad's eyes march down the lines of that, you know, and finally he put the card down and just had this look of Complete and utter disappointment in his son, and, and uh, as he looked at his son, he said, Now, Dad, there's some good news here. It's obvious I have not been cheating. Okay, so that little boy was an optimist, and if you could put an optimistic spin on things, I think that's probably a good thing to do. Vision is more than optimism. Vision is more than, hey, look on the bright side. Vision is, look on God's side. Vision is look down the road, taking into account that there is a God who knows who you are, who knows where you need to go, who wants to help you along the way. I think of two men in scripture that are examples, tremendous examples of visionaries. Their names were Joshua and Caleb. They lived in a day where God's will for their lives and the life of their nation was to go across a big river, the River Jordan, and to possess the land we call today Israel. And everybody thought it was a bad idea. And they looked in the future and they saw something different. Uh, the Bible gives us the accounting of their story in Numbers 14. The Bible says that Joshua and Caleb, uh, that, that they were of them that searched the land. In other words, they were the advance party that went in to spy things out. And the Bible says they rent their clothes and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel saying, the land which we pass through to search it, it's an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us. A land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord. Neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them. The Lord's with us. Fear them not. I love it. I love it. Twelve men went in as the advance team to spy out the land. Ten of them came back and they said, no, man, it's terrible over there. It's big giants. A lot of problems. It's going to be a big fight. A lot of work. I think we ought to just stay far away. Far away. Joshua and Caleb looked over there and they said, Listen, God made that place for us. God's will is that we'd move ahead, where God guides, God provides. If there's big giants, the bigger they are, the harder they fall, we're going to possess that thing. God's not with them. His will made that clear. He's with us. Let's go for it. What an attitude. What an attitude to take with you into a new year of life. I I don't know all that God has in store, but a heart that says, I want to pursue that which God has for me. Vision sometimes has to very honestly say, you know, I'm not fond of the garden in which I've been planted. We've all heard bloom where you're planted. Sometimes we have to say, I'm not fond of the garden in which I've been planted, but I acknowledge that if I will bloom where I've been planted, I'll brighten the corner where I am. The whole garden will be better. Not in a prideful sense, but listen. The whole garden will be better because I'm here. Do you know why most people don't change the world? Because they don't change themselves. The world has more of an impact on them than they on the world. And we have to understand that as we think of vision, we have to have this this perception, the ability to look ahead and see the Lord. Vision allows us to see the need. And through faith, we can take the lead. The second element I want us to consider today is this. Vision speaks of perspective. Perspective. Have you ever known some people look in the future and all they tend to see is things are getting worse and everything's bad and it used to be so good and today it's so bad and tomorrow it's going to be worse than even today. And and then other people look in the future and they see opportunities and they're excited about things that are happening. and, and, uh, And you may wonder, what is the difference in people like that? Well, really the difference is perspective. It's perspective. It's attitude. The verse before us today says that a visionless life will perish. But the flip side of that is a life that has vision. It's happy and it is blessed. And the difference is found by looking first to God and then to the future. That's the key. Look first to God and then to the future. And that's the key we need to have in mind. I've talked before of the birds, the hummingbird and the vulture. Both fly over the deserts of California. And, and uh, they each find different things, don't they? The vulture, we know, finds dead, rotting, gross flesh. And the hummingbird finds flowers. They both find exactly what they're looking for. And by the way, that's what you and I find. That's what we would find. Here's the thought. That vulture... He's feasting on what was, what used to be, what used to have life, what used to have vitality. And the hummingbird's feasting on what is, what is beautiful, and what is growing, and what is developing. You know, many times in life, our attitude gets off and we begin to live more in the past and we try to drag the hurts and the, and the hang-ups with us along into the future. I believe Satan's greatest attack on vision is to attack our perspective you see, if you look ahead in your life and you see, you know, we're destined to fail in this way and that way and the other way, and, and uh, uh, that's your mindset, you've just made yourself a prophet and you've just given a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you really believe that you're going to see nothing but failure in the future, guess what? You're exactly right. And I'm not talking about mind games. I'm not talking about pop psychology. I'm just saying most people uh, seem to, to, to be disposed to view things through a negative lens. Can I tell you today? Please. Don't look at your marriage and say, well, we're different than everybody else. It it can't be worked on. It can't be improved. It is what it is. With that mindset, it is. And you're stuck where you are. But with a heart that will look to your marriage after first looking to God, will understand that you can always grow and there's nothing you can't overcome. And and you can see things be all that they need to be. Uh, Some of you are grieving because you think, boy, boy, I'm losing my kids and I don't know what to do about it. And it looks like it just is what it is. And I would say, no, it's not. Move forward. You, listen, you're not a victim of of, of some uh, system that's built against you, rigged against you economically. I, I, I hear so many people poor-mouthing today. The poor people say, oh, it's only the rich people. They take all the money, you know. And then I'm hearing rich people today say, uh, it's the poor people. They're, they're taking, you know, about 60% of our income for, for, for redistribution, uh, socialistic things. And, and everybody's unhappy. listen. Uh, If I were president, I I may do a few things differently, maybe worse for all I know. Yeah, I've never done that before. Not sure. I might be a really bad one. Um, And you might as well, you know. But last time I checked, we live in a land that's still filled with opportunity. You're not a victim here. Charge into the new year saying, if God's got a future for me, there's got to be something good there for uh, for me to, to have. Edmund Burke, who is considered the philosophical founder of what we call today conservatism, a brilliant man. He was speaking one day in England, in a church, in England, a conservative political figure in a church speaking in England. He made this statement while speaking in a church in England. He said, The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is that evil men should do nothing. I've thought a lot of Edmund Burke, and I've thought a lot of that statement. What I hadn't thought much on until recently is why would a good man do nothing? I really believe good people have the capacity to look down the road and see all the evil that's going on and say, well, what's the point? What difference would I make? Yeah, like I'm going to change anything. And we just get so defeatist in our approach. We just want to throw our hands up. I mean, if that's all the fight we got in this, we might as well mail it in anyhow but i believe when we look to the future by looking by way of a glance at god we're we're going to see that there's much that can be done vision allows you to see allows you to see so you can monitor things as you get a vision for your marriage you'll monitor your marriage it helps you to see so you can monitor things When you monitor things, inevitably you measure things, you can't help but analyze them. When you measure things, inevitably you're going to find a time you're going to want to manage things, and things that get managed inevitably improve. I'm not saying we live in some utopian world where everything's always going to go our way, but I'm saying this, when we have a vision from God and we begin to monitor some things and measure them and then manage them, we're going to see that some developments will come in our life that would have never come if we just would have let our life happen rather than living life from a plan based on a vision from God. Proverbs 27, 13 says this, I'd have fainted unless I'd believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Think of what the psalmist says there. He said, man, I'd have been done, I'd have been through, I'd have been over. I would have fainted if I hadn't seen the goodness of God. Let me tell you today, God's good. He's good. He's a great God. The Bible goes on to tell us in Psalm 100 and verse 5, the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, His truth endureth to all generations. Friends, we fall right in that classification of all generations. God's goodness is there for you. Speaks of perspective. But as we move on, the final thought today. Vision speaks of process. Of process. Now, would you give me a minute to just illustrate this point to you? I've talked about people who go through life really not having even an idea of truly where they are. You know, just letting life happen. The big difference between existing for the span of a life and really living life, okay? And so let me illustrate you today. Here I am. This is real time, right now. Legitimate. This is where you are. Uh, I'm illustrating you, and this is where you are in your marriage, in your career, whatever. You fill in the blanks, okay? This is it. You're evaluating things. Oh, my marriage, it's about a 7.38, you know, and, um, a career, the finances, walk with God. This is where you are. And you decide, you know something? If God put air in my lungs and I'm living, he's got something for me to do. And you begin to dream of the future with the Word of God in hand. You better understand God's will. And so you start from a vision to develop goals from which you can make a plan. And you're looking down the road at where it is you believe God would have you to go. And as you're looking down the road over here, you're evaluating things. And you're saying, you know something, based on where I am, where is the Lord would have me to go, I believe that my marriage can improve. And I believe I can be a better parent. I, I, listen, it's not just living in the same house, these little guys, until they finally get up and leave. I, can, I think I can be a better parent, and I can do better in this area, and better in my walk with God. And you're seeing how, how, how things can really move ahead in your life, and you start to get motivated about that. And, and yet, that's not where you are. That's where you want to go. You're all the way over here, and you're looking to the future, and you might think, but I can't step that far. I mean, I was like 12 or 14 steps right there. Here's the thought. People of vision have the capacity to look into the future and not say, that's so far, I I can't. That's too far. They say, well, certainly there's got to be a process. If that's the destination, there are steps Along the way. I don't know what that might be for your marriage. A good step might be. I'm not turning the TV on for the first 30 minutes after I get home from work. I'm going to set aside a date night. I'm going to say I love you every day. Whatever it might be. You're putting steps together that will lead you as a path. Down uh, to see that the goals are accomplished. The vision comes to fruition in your life. Maybe you're here today as a Christian. And you would say I'm not perfect. Would anybody say that today? Yes I see those hands. Yes God bless you. God bless you. All right. I'll put both of mine up, all right? And I think, you know, I think there's room to grow in my life, and I'm spending time with God, reading the Bible, and, and I'm getting a vision of where it is uh, that, that, that uh, I can go in 2013. And, and maybe that vision for you might be, you know something? If, if Jesus created the church, you started it, and we know that, right? And, and, and if he told us things like, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, you know, that's not the pastor being some kind of legalist or heavy-handed guy. Faithfulness to church, that's a good thing to do. And if I want to get to spiritual maturity, vitality, growing, not perfection, but but growing, uh, that, that, that might be a good step. Now, I'm just going to come to church this year. You know, if it rains, I'm going to be there. If my team's on... I'll hit TiVo. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, it might be for you. I'm going to set a time and a place and have a plan in mind and I'm going to read my Bible every day because I want to hear what God has to say to me. And I'm going to spend time in prayer because God cares and He tells me to pray and prayer matters. It changes things. And, and uh, uh, instead of just coming to church, instead of just coming and being a part of a room, I want to get involved in a connection group where I can actually learn somebody's name and somebody can know my name and, and I've got brothers and sisters in Christ around me who really care. And listen, I'm saying in every... Every area of your life, when you begin to break it down based on a vision, you get a goal from the goal, you get a plan, you, you're going to see your life's going to go places you may have never imagined. God is good. It speaks of a process. A process. Think of it. Proverbs 4.18 says, the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Here it is. Alright, this year I want my Whatever marriage to improve, and you've got the steps laid out, more and more and more, God's desire is that we grow in life, that we develop along the way, I want to challenge you to jump into this year with faith and enthusiasm that allows God's vision for your life to to come to pass, Maybe have courage like a Joshua who said, "Ask for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't know about the rest of you, he was saying. I don't know what you're going to do. You might think we're, we're out of our mind, but Joshua was saying, you see, I've got a vision of the future that has been developed through spending time with God. And as I look into the future, I, I see me and my family serving Him. So whatever it is you do, that's up to you. But I want you to know, me and my family, we're going to serve God. That, that was a man of vision. I think of people like Peter. In Matthew 14, 28, the Bible says, Peter speaking, If it be thou, Lord, bid me come unto thee on the water. He saw Jesus walking on the water. He had a vision of the future that included something a little more than maybe I would understand. But he said, Lord, if you call me to that path, I'm going I'm to fulfill that. I'm going to walk that direction. If it means defying physics, so be it. I'm moving ahead. Maybe it's courage to say what we read in Romans eight thirty one. If God be for us, who can be against us? You see, if our vision comes from God, you can rest assured that it will be big, it will be blessed, and it will be the best life you can ever imagine. I remember when I was about 12, uh, fishing and camping with my granddad, and I, I did that a lot growing up. But but I remember on this one particular trip, now I, in my mind's eye, I remember where we were. We were in the midst of a bunch of streams that were coming together in a river, and we're just fishing that whole area we're having a great time and it got later in the afternoon my granddad wanted to go back to the camp and get things set up and kind of get a fire going all the rest and and i was just having a great time and that's the best time of day for fishing you know and and uh, i said granddad i think i'll just keep fishing and you know as it all ended up i remember thinking when i was a boy my granddad's just a giant just an absolute giant um But actually, he's about the same size I am now, I guess, you know. I remember he grabbed my shoulders and he jerked me around. And, And he said, I want you to look at that peak. Huge mountain. Look at that peak. He said, if you walk in line with that peak, you won't miss our camp. Just follow that peak. And in between here and there... Now, you see, I didn't know what all I'd get to in between where I was and the peak. I couldn't see everything. A vision doesn't mean you see all the nuances of your journey. It just means you kind of see where it is you're you're heading, I said, okay, granddad, I felt I had a pretty good idea where we were at. I wasn't really afraid of being lost, and and granddad was gone, and I kept fishing, having a great time, and I remember it came time to leave, and here I am in the weeds, and they're 10, 12 feet tall, and I'm looking around, I don't see a peak, and and so I kind of back out of of this thicker brush and get to a little higher ground where I can look ahead, oh, there it is, all right. And even then, when my path put me back in the weeds, with that perspective, I could get through for a while until I could break out again, and all right, there it is, and and, uh, I, I made my way back. Let me tell you why I'm so excited about this time of year. It's a higher spot in the year. It's a spot where we can get away and clear out the brush and look ahead. A- and we can say, all right, there it is. I don't know all that life has for me this year. I don't know what valleys I'm going to go through. I don't know uh, what thick spots in the brush I'm going to have to forge my way through. But, but I know God has a plan because He does for everyone. And, and I'm going to follow this path. That's what today's all about. It's looking to the future through the prism of faith. It's understanding that if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, He loves you. And that, that, that's a decision you can make that will change your eternity, not just your year. Maybe you're here today as a child of God. This is our time to hit the reset button and say, God, thank you for where I am. Thank you for that. But Lord, I don't want to stay where I'm at. I don't want to perish. I don't want the tenure of my days to have no value. Lord, I want a vision from you that will help me make the most of tomorrow and next week and next month and the next 12 months. That's what this is all about. What's that going to look like for me? It may look a little different than what it will look like for you. Collectively, we can, in a similar sense, share a vision of serving together with God. I can't overstate the value of this moment in your life. You gonna go for it this year or you're just gonna live it? Exist. Passing the time. Go big. You've got a great God. Let's all stand together. Heads are bowed and eyes. Are bowed.